You are listening to a weekend message from New Life Church in Fort Smith. We would love to connect with you, so find us on Instagram or Facebook at NLC Fort Smith. Enjoy the message. And tell somebody something going on in your life, especially if you don't know them. But uh, every life group leader in this place is like, they are committed to uh, loving people and helping pastor this church. And so you can know that uh, the things that you're going through, they're not going to be shared on social media. We're not going to put them up on the side of the building, on the projector on a Friday night and let the world know. But our heart is you need people praying for you. I need people praying for me. I have people that I text and I say, hey, I got this going on in my life. Please pray for me. If you don't have anybody praying for you, listen to me. Red flag. You need to get somebody that can pray for you in your life, okay? The passage that we're going to be reading tonight is not anything to do with that, really. But I just want you to know that that's coming up here in just a bit. Mark uh, chapter 6. We're going to be talking about some fishes and loaves uh, for the rest of the time that we're here. I'm going to read... 14 verses. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. And he said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves on a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. So Jesus had just been through a whole lot of stuff. These guys were tired. They'd done so much. He'd been on ministry tour, ministry, 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 ministry. Tough thing, tough thing, tough thing. And they hadn't even had anything to eat. He said, okay, we're going to get on a boat. We're going to go to this other side so we can have some time to just rest. When he gets there, there's a whole bunch of people there waiting on him. I'll tell you, Jesus is way better than me. Because if I got there and I saw a whole bunch of people, I'd say, turn the boat around. <laughs> I'm tired. I need a nap. You know what I mean? This is not what Jesus did. He got out and he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So the disciples came to him and they said, this is a remote place. And it's already very late. It's like, this is Lavaca. Everything's closed. There's nothing left, you know. Send the people away so they can go out to the surrounding countryside and village and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, uh, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? He said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said, five. We have five loaves and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. He gave them to his disciples to distribute among the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you a couple of things that I just pulled out about this passage uh, today. The first is this. God is more able than me. They get out in this field. They're all out there. 
They say, I ain't got no Sonic out here, Jesus. Come on. He says, you go feed them. And what do they say? Jesus, that's going to take a lot. That's going to take a lot of money. When you got all that money, what do they start doing? They start measuring what God said to do by their own ability. Like what? Look at my, I can't do that. I don't got that much stuff, right? I don't got that much chili. We didn't bring that much chili now. We can't feed all these people. If I measure everything by my own ability, listen, at some point in life, I'm going to come up short. Because you know one thing? I'm going to run out of ability at some point. There are going to be things that, you know, Brandon Cotton, he doesn't, I can do some things. I can't do everything that I have in life coming at me. I can't handle it all. I'm going to run out. Jesus puts them in this situation. He says to feed them. And what happens to them? They say, we can't do it. He puts them in a situation where their eyes have to turn off of themselves and on to who? On to Jesus. He's a God that loves impossible things. Impossible things don't bother Jesus. They never did. You look at the things that he did. Just a few things out of his ministry. He was at a wedding in Cana. The wine ran out. He said, go fill these cisterns up with water. He turned that water into the very best wine. That was an impossible thing. He didn't even flinch. Later, a royal official came to him and said, Jesus, can you come heal my dying son? Jesus, without even moving, said, go back home. Your son will live. That was an impossible thing. He just stood there and did it. Jesus noticed a man who was blind since birth. And if we saw him, we would say, he's blind. He ain't going to be unblind. Jesus saw him and without any hype, without any hoopla, he healed him and brought sight to him. It was an impossible thing. The light of the world brought light to that man's eyes. When Lazarus died, y'all remember the story of Lazarus, an impossible thing. He's dead for days. Jesus takes his time. Going to Lazarus, when he gets there, he says, come forth. An impossible thing didn't bother him at all. Some of you are facing an impossible thing in your life. Maybe in your family, in your personal life, in your health, in your business. Maybe you're a leader somewhere and you have some leadership things that you're saying, I don't know how to do this. And I'm telling you, Jesus isn't faced by impossible things. Not even a little bit. Let us pray for you tonight. Every time you face an impossible situation, you think, I'm being tested. God, why are you testing me? And you might think he puts us through tests so he can find out what kind of grade we make. I'm telling you, he doesn't put us through tests to grade us. He puts us through tests to grow us. If we were being graded, none of us would pass, right? Jesus is the only one that has a passing grade, and he already did it on the cross. What he's doing, he's saying, all right, I'm, feed these people. We can't do it. Look at me. Go, you're going through this. God, I can't do it. Well, then look at me. Watch me. Put your eyes on me. Let your faith be stretched a lot of times our faith is underdeveloped. And I'll tell you, I don't want it to be developed. A lot of times I like it being safe when I don't have to use it a lot. I'm like, okay, life is good. I'm not having to stretch out in faith and reach for anything. I can just see Jesus says, I need you to keep your eyes on me. You need to know impossible situations don't bother God, but they force us to put our eyes on him.
when I first started playing, I used to, a lot of people don't even, did you know there are a lot of people that go to this church, they not know that I play keys or I sing or anything. I know some of you like, uh, you were with me for like 10 years and you're like, you are, that's all you do really in my mind. Yeah, I get it. But a lot of people that come here, like, I'll tell you a story. There is a young lady and uh, I was talking to her and she's a singer. And I said, you know, I hope you have the best time up there. I always love being on stage and playing keys and singing. And she said, you sing? I was like, yes, <laughs> I used to be the singer, really. <laughs> yeah, I did it every week for like 10 years, but don't worry about it, no big deal, you know? <laughs> but I used to do it. And uh, when I first started playing keys, uh, I, I couldn't play the keyboard and sing at the same time. I could do one or the other. But doing both is like riding a bike and chewing gum. It's hard for me. I'm from Magnolia, you know? It took me a long time. So because I couldn't do both at the same time, I would only pick songs that were real easy, you know? I would pick the same ones all the time because I know I could do that. Amazing grace, how sweet does how. <laughs> you know, that's, like I would, that's how I would do it. And I, what I could do was so limited by my ability because I couldn't do it. Then... Praise God, a lady named Donna Love joined the team. And she came, if y'all don't know Miss Donna, she's been here for a long time, and she is an incredible piano player. She could play anything. And so she came and she said, well, you're already a piano player. I don't know if you need another one. I said, no, I'm just pretending. I need you, okay? I need you in this thing. And so she came, she gets back here. Miss Donna would hate for me to even tell this story because she doesn't like people's attention on her, but she gets back here and you would never know it, but she is tearing it up on the piano and I'm up here on this side right and everybody sees me behind the piano and I'm just singing 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 people say man you're so good at playing keys and singing I'm like yep <laughs> it ain't me it's her she's the one that's doing it my I come to the end of my ability real fast but I ain't worried to play any song that we do on the weekend I can schedule it because I got somebody that can do it amen anything in life that we face when we face it, it may look like super intimidating, but you got to know you serve a God that's not flinching. He's not worried about one single bit of it. Amen. God is far more able than I am. That means that I can get through anything because I can rest in his strength. It doesn't mean that all the outcomes are going to happen the way that I want them to. It means no matter the outcome, God's not worried, and I can rest in him. The second thing is this. Number two, little in the hands of Jesus becomes much. Where are my math people at? Who likes math in here? Okay. God bless you. I need y'all's help in <laughs> just daily life, all right? I hated math my whole way through school. I never liked it. I didn't like adding. I didn't like subtracting. I didn't like multiplication. I didn't like the math with the shapes. I didn't like the math with the letters. I didn't like any kind of math, okay? I hate it all. In college, Jessica, my wife, is the only reason that I made it through math class because every time I would go to take a test, they would say, you can write uh, a note card. You can have one note card that you bring in with you 
that has little notes. And she would write like she was writing on a grain of rice. Like everything in my life that I needed to know math-wise, she put it down. If this, then that. And the note card would, I think she still has it to this day. It's like, you need a magnifying glass. And I would sit there and everybody else would have a, a little card with just a few things on it. I'd pull mine out. It's a full encyclopedia. And I'd get through the test every time. And she'd say, how you doing? I'd say, I passed. Thank you, dear wife. You know, because I'm not a math person. I am not good at math, but I do know this. Two fish and five loaves of bread. That ain't enough to feed. The Bible says there are 5,000 men. That it doesn't count the women or the kids. Some people say there could be 20,000 people there. Five loaves and two fish ain't enough to feed 20,000 people on my math. I don't know about yours. Listen, just a little in the hands of Jesus becomes much. In another gospel, it says, then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. What good is that for this huge crowd? If he would have just stopped, there's a boy here with five loaves and two fish. He'd be like a hero. We'd be like, look at him. He knew it. But then he went on and run his mouth. But what good is that with this big old crowd? He said, we got this, but we only got a little bit and it ain't enough. And we get this little, we get this way in our lives with a lot of things. And there's this sentence, when I get more blank, then I'm going to blank. And we fill it in a hundred different ways. When I get more time, I'm going to do more ministry. When I get more energy, I'm going to spend time with my kids. When I get more money, then I'll start giving to God. When I get more confidence, then I'll get in a position where maybe I could lead something. When I get more experience, then maybe I'll try out for that thing. Let me tell you, God has given you what you need right now to get started to do what he's asked you to do. The apostles got in this mindset and they said, Lord, if we just had some more faith, would you, would you give us more faith? And the apostles said to the Lord, this is in Luke 17, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. What is this saying? Is it my faith that moves the tree or is it God? What is it? It's God that moves the tree. And he's saying, if you had the small, even the smallest bit of faith that connects you to the king, that connects you to God and what he's doing, if you just had enough, that's plenty. Because God can do the heavy lifting. God can take five loaves and two fish and do a miracle and feed 20,000 people with it. You just need to get connected to him. If you just had the smallest amount of faith, You'll always, listen, the enemy will always tell you what you have right now is not enough to do what God has called you to do. And there are things in your life maybe that you have to believe God for because it's like beyond what you could imagine. But you know, if I am connected to him, there's nothing too big for God. Jesus took a little and did much. He said, tell everyone to sit down. So all of them, men alone, number 5,000, sat down on the grassy slopes. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and passed them out to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish. They all ate 
until they were full. It was like they were at Golden Corral, just endless stuff, you know? I'll tell you, um, be obedient with what you have right now. What is in your hand today? Be obedient with that to do what God says to do. If you're obedient, he's going to take care of you. Now, this is not like a, you're going to be rich and you're going to have mansion, you're going to have Ferrari. That's not what I'm saying. Some people have a lot. Some people have a little. Everybody has what God wants them to have in the kingdom. If you're a believer, he's giving you something and you can do something with it. It doesn't mean that I can't, if I have money, I can't invest it and make more money because that's not that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, what is God putting in your hand today? Whatever that is, that's what he's calling you to work with today. Be obedient in that. Ultimately, at the end of this story, there was stuff left over. There were 12 baskets of fish and loaves. There were also 12 disciples and each of them got to carry a basket around. I've always thought when I read that, isn't that funny? God does this miracle and he has just enough left over for these disciples. They got to carry around so that they remember. We looked at this and we thought it wasn't possible. And here we are with more than we could have ever imagined, even more than to feed 20,000 people. That's something. I'll tell you this. When we think about Jesus, I want you to think beyond just like material things. And there's nothing wrong with asking God for material things, but I'll tell you what he's given us. He's given us himself. He is, the Bible says that he is the bread of life. And that when we're in heaven, we'll be there. And he'll, he says that my cup will runneth over. Like he gives us so much of himself that all the things that come against us in this life, all the impossible situations, all those things, none of them can steal what we have in Christ. So rest in him. He is enough for me and he is enough for you. He saves our soul. He makes us able to have a relationship with God. He forgives our past. He charts out for us a future and a hope. And if you're in an impossible situation today, know this. He will sustain you and give you life in the middle of it. Amen.